Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. All right, we're coming today to you from the incredible Spruce Goose building in Playa Vista, California, with Meg Tucker. Welcome, Meg. Hi. Yeah, this place is gorgeous, right? It is. It is. It's so beautiful. Thank you for inviting me in here to do this. Thanks for coming. It's our first time actually filming in here, so it's awesome. Amazing. I appreciate you having me on. I love having having you on Cloud and Clear because we actually met almost immediately after you joined. Yes. And now it's been five months. Wow. Right? Where does the time go? Yeah. And, and now, by now, you're going to have like all this perspective around <laughs> not only what you've just walked into, but also... Um, the future and the potential of Google Cloud as you see it? Because I think even in the five months, there's been a lot of changes. And so also, I think part of the reason you were brought in, and I think that's indicative of what Google Cloud is inheriting from a DNA standpoint right now, that like Oracle background and how you're making those two worlds come together. Yeah, I don't know if it's Oracle in particular, but we definitely are getting a really awesome mix of enterprise experience from a lot of really large organizations who you know, yes. helped kind of pave the path for what that really means to sell top down for, for big, large organizations. So um, there's a, a ton of experience. Let's talk about your, what your role is. Let's talk, what, what, is, what is within your scope right now? So I head up our sales for the enterprise for SoCal. So we have um, a lot of verticals that encompasses healthcare and FinServe, of course, media and entertainment, mm -hmm. gaming, um, and then, you know, litter that with manufacturing, high tech. So we have a really diverse set of customers that we service here in LA and a lot of really unique businesses that you know, we get to partner with. I think you and your role and your team in terms of depth and breadth is kind of that wave of, uh, the investment from TK and Rob Enslin into the enterprise because yeah. we haven't seen this kind of field coverage in the past. I mean, I think we, I think we all heard it loud and clear. Uh, and this was before I had um, made the move to to Google Cloud. But when Thomas came over, one of the things that he mm -hmm. was, I think, very adamant about, and in some of his first press releases, was that you know we needed to move in the enterprise space and that we needed to go after very large strategic um, opportunities and, and relationships. And that's definitely where we're spending time. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, the momentum is is really everywhere. We're seeing great movement in sort of digitally native organizations as well and sure. um, you know startups and SMB. So um, yeah, there's focus across the board, but we are hunkering down on building out you know, a proper engagement model for, for the enterprise. I think um, customer segmentation has never been more challenging. We were just talking about that, right? What yeah. is a name select account? What's enterprise? What's corporate? And I agree with you because we do work across all those buckets of customers that um, they're all very, very active. But one thing that is absolutely true is that uh, when you're trying to establish credibility in any platform, that recognizable names, big logos, they have to be willing to talk about you and the change and the transformation that you've implemented in their organization, just from a credibility standpoint. Like these are must win engagements, right? Oh, absolutely. Honestly, I 
I feel like everything's must win right now. You know, um, maybe I would say that all the time. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's just your personality. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I, I think the segmentation in the go-to-market is really important. I mean, we're such a customer-centric organization. It's like, how do we build value around our customers first? And so when we start to think about how we supercharge our customers' data, I think it's critical that we look at an industry focus because mm-hmm. each industry is really going through its own evolution of disruption. And, you know, we see trends across multiple markets that certainly could draw similarities, but also have, you know, unique nuances that I think if we didn't have the flexibility to serve, we would have a very difficult time, you know, getting the growth that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Like in, in our business, what we see is uh, in a maturing market where cloud is sort of starting to mature. A customer really wants to know, like, have you done what we need before? And have you done it for someone that looks like us? Right. And I think that past performance aspect certainly is is uh, is very important, even though we're inventing all the time. We're doing stuff that nobody's done ever all the time. And then sometimes those are the challenges that come to us and to Google is because they look at Google as the one that can accomplish those things. When I think of Google, I think of innovation. I mean, that's just... Um, part of our DNA. I also think that, um, you know, when we look about customers who have done it before, you know, the thing that was one of my whys is it's Google, right? And so Google's done it before. The the infrastructure, the technology, everything, you know, across the board on the supply chain with our technology was built for our organization. We have billions and billions of users on multiple tools that, um, you know, we've had an opportunity to drink our own champagne mm-hmm. and constantly, you know, ensure that we're building and innovating on that. And so to be able to take that to the market to drive even more innovation and partner in solving problems with our customers, I, I think is what everybody is so excited about is because it, it we know the tech's really great, right? Yes. No. And, and look, the tech has been exceptional and market leading for a long time, I would say for several years. Yeah. And to your point, Largely due to the fact that this is like nobody else has, has had to make eight different applications or nine that serve over a billion users. Like yeah. it's really it's been a Google first problem. Therefore, the solutions have come out of Google often into the open source community, like in the case of Kubernetes and others. But what I think what TK and Rob have brought to um, in, to, to the sort of the culture and the and the understanding, like the deep understanding top, you know, top down that in enterprise, it's not always the best software that wins. Yeah, I think... Not automatic. It's not automatic. No, right. And it, you know, I think there's a misconception that just because you have relationships, that means that that you're going to partner. Um, you know, we are really trying to win on merit. Um, you know, I think it's really critical when you're looking at driving transformation and not just trying to have a cost conversation mm-hmm. or a lift and shift discussion that you are you know, driving relationships and triaging information and working together to drive discovery top down, bottom up, through the middle layer with our practitioners. Because in order to really provide appropriate feedback and not only look for the the near term, but the mm-hmm. long term opportunities and sustainability, um, we do have to make sure that we align the tech more to what they're trying to accomplish from a business perspective, because I think mm-hmm. we have so much confidence in our ability to scale from a technology perspective. It's really about the impact to the change and the innovation of the organization has to happen 
in the C-suite because if mm-hmm. not, then, you know, we don't, we limit our ability to drive impact, right? So, yeah, I, uh, I think Robin and Thomas bring a perfect, you know, blend of their experiences. I mean, both of them mm-hmm. have really, you know, paved the way and have incredible past history and, you know, they're perfect for our culture here. I think yeah. they bring a, a really dynamic, um, unique set of leadership that Google, you know, only builds on, on what we already have. And I, I see that in the new leadership hires too. I think you're cut from that cloth. If we look at, um, uh, you know, Jennifer Chasen, yeah. she's, you know, coming from that and you could see by the vitality, just the activity level, um, uh, Kirsten, of course, and now Janet Kennedy, um, just sort of working, you know, very closely with the leadership already in place, like Oliver in the West. It's just, it's a different level of engagement with the field, with the enterprise customer. We haven't seen that before. And I think having the best tech is of Google is almost expected, but can they also be, can we also be uh, very easy to engage with, simple to buy from? Uh, Can they have the confidence of not only the long-term technical strategy being, in good hands with Google, but of, of the level of support, you know, being, being sort of surrounding those customers in a big old bear hug for the long term. Can they have confidence in that? And I think that's what we're trying to instill in every enterprise customer today. You just named four female powerhouses, by the way. I have to, uh, I have to pause for a minute and, you know, and say that it is, uh, the future is I'm female. really, I'm really proud. I mean, Oliver Parker is an incredible leader and, um, he's brought together, sure. you know, some really dynamic women and, you know, Janet coming on board is really great too. So, uh, it's just neat. It's neat to work with a diverse group of, of ladies that, um, also bring a ton of experience, uh, like a sponge, you know, you get to learn a lot. Yeah. So I had to, I had to call that out hey, for a it, second. It's, you're totally right. <laughs> I, I, I recognize this for a couple of years now. Um, and in technology, I think it's a challenge that we've had as an ecosystem, just as in tech and especially, I guess, in Silicon Valley and the startup community. But an enterprise software um, hasn't had the best reputation always. You know, I think diversity, inclusion, equity is about learning and making sure that we're leaning in and asking ourselves in every possible situation, are we ensuring that the right voices uh, with the right level of experience are being heard? And and when we solve for the multitude of what that is, you know, we have a better, more dynamic subset of solutions that can solve problems for a larger audience. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously that's embedded in everything that we do, but as we build our community, not only from a customer base, I think what we're really focusing on, um, you know, is trying to get people to, to understand what Google Cloud is also bringing to the community and the value that, sure. that we can provide. So we've got some really exciting things coming up. So pretty amped about that. I learned a couple of things recently. I learned that diversity and inclusive inclusion are not the same thing. Correct. It's good that you're spending time looking at that as well. You have some very fantastic folks. You guys have a, a very diverse organization too. We just so. won an award, a diversity award. Really? Actually. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a Timmy Award. It's uh, uh, for for uh, for DNI, and I think we're gonna post about it soon. And it's our first one. Like to 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 be honest, it was a complete blind spot for me like two years ago. Wow. And, what and now you- it's like, you know, it's deliberate, and then. You know, I was in the Seattle summit. That's right. Uh, no, actually, this was Atlanta summit because uh, I've been to both. But at, at the Atlanta summit, there was a speaker specifically. You know how they have like the leader circle type breakouts. Yep. 
so for that audience, they had a speaker specifically on the topic of uh, inclusiveness and, and diversity and inclusion and diversity. And it's the founder of this organization called the Medici, Medici Group, Medici Group. And they've been around for 15 years and do all sorts of consulting. But uh, one of the things that this gentleman was highlighting, and he's sort of a, he is a sort of a mixed ethnicity uh, person who grew up in Sweden, right? Got so it. like his whole experience was about like, you know, understanding like uh, how to um, be successful in that sort of environment that's generally, you know, very uh, homogeneous <laughs> culturally. And so I guess that inspired him to write, to start a practice around this. And the point that he made was, I think, very relevant to us and how mm-hmm. we go to market today. It's that we're not doing um, uh, DNI because only because it's what our customers look like, or only because it's the right thing to do. Or he actually is actually making the case that's a distinct competitive advantage from an innovation and creativity standpoint. Yeah. The more diverse. And included, by the way, meaning that have uh, the diverse members of the community have a voice. Absolutely. And it's an advantage. It's like a business advantage. Oh, I mean... And I've never really quite looked at it that way, but I think it's completely true. Well, you know, we, we talked about this actually. It's funny. Um, our Nugler training, so the first day at Google, you, you go in and you're there with all sorts of different types of alphabet employees. It's not just Google Cloud specific. And I remember one of the things that they told a story about was when they were developing the camera, there were, you know, blind spots in some of the areas um, for the phone that that they didn't pick up and how, you know, bringing dynamic data sets in general, right? We all come from different walks of life, different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thousand things that shape us each day, um, which drive, you know, our perspectives. And so the more diverse data points we can bring to the room, to your point, the, the more we have the ability to innovate and, and to do that in a way that I think is more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, that that means a lot of things. I think it means ensuring you have multiple data points in the room to, to do right by decision making, but also just constantly asking ourselves like are we looking at it from someone else's point of view are we trying to understand what those look like um but yeah again i just think that that's one of our competitive advantages as a massive organization the thing that we've been able to scale extremely well and it you feel it the minute you come here to work is the culture yeah and and, you know part of uh business building in southern california now again uh, this is the new structure and just the headcount that's making that's enabling your level of community engagement. These are this. These are like a long-term strategy that you deploy that Google has never been able to do because they just didn't have the coverage. But like you live here, you're here, you run a team that's here. You're trying to build not only your relationship with the with this uh, set of customers whose leaders also live here in this community. Yep. But um, you're also trying to build Google Cloud's own brand and relevancy. And not every part of the relationship building is about the technology or sales motion or sales conversation or, you know, you know, building pipeline. And, and you have been very proactive, just even, even in the short amount of time, to start doing those kind of things which build community. Yeah. Can you tell us about a couple of those events? I know that we've attended one, and I think we're going to attend another one next this week. week. Next week, yeah. yeah. Well, look. So I think a part of it is just you know becoming visible, and um, you know people 
don't really love to be sold to sometimes. And mm. a lot of it has to do with building trust. And I yeah. think part of the thing that I learned really early on um, in my professional career was you know, trust is earned. And um, sometimes that takes a lot of time. And sometimes it's, you know, something really little that goes a long way. Um, but getting to know people um, just in general, and that there are human beings that mm-hmm. sit in these roles that have lives outside of work. Um, it's just really important, I think, in, in trying to grow a community, but also, you know, what do our customers and the community that they're trying to build, what is that, what, what matters to them? What matters to them, yeah. Um, so what we've been doing and, and what I've tried to spend a lot of time on here in the last couple of months is we've been partnering with an organization called the Albright, which is really about promoting sisterhood and having sort of, um, a common place where women can go to mingle, have meetings, you know, grab a bite, um, you know, have a quiet place to, to meditate, you know, or, you know, get coaching and, um, you know, entrepreneurial training and education, uh, which is a big part of really sending the elevator down and, and mm-hmm. making sure that you're making room for other people and helping pave the way that the same way that I know a lot of us have had others help us out. So they've helped, um, pull together a beautiful, beautiful place for us to do an event next week. Meg Whitman, who is the CEO of Quibi, is going to join us on our panel along with Kirsten, our president, um, and Liz Jenkins, who is the CFO of Hello Sunshine. Mm. And what we're going to do is is really be open about what some of the, the challenges look like in media and entertainment, um, what we're facing, you know, to really understand what it means to have equity and inclusion and diversity, um, you know, media encompasses so many different areas of our day-to-day lives, um, you know, and, and hope to broaden the conversation and challenge each other to do better and more. And a lot of that is just about an evening of um, thought leaders who mm-hmm. can come together. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think that, yeah. I think it's something hopefully we can make repeatable. Like I don't think these are the kind of things that Google Cloud used to do. I mean, Google's been very active in communities, yeah. like the broader Google, right? But... I think uh, accentuating the Google Cloud brand, like you see, you know, you go to Sunnyvale now and you see like Google Cloud buildings yep. and other geographies and and uh, it's sort, sort of starting to, starting to happen that it's becoming a distinct part of the community. And um, I applaud you for doing that because I don't think it was like a, like in your job description and it's not something like, you know, Oliver was like, you should do this. I think it just sort of comes from within you, right? I mean... I think that there are part of what makes Google and Google Cloud really special is there are a lot of very self-motivated, community-driven people that mm-hmm. work here. I mean, I'm certainly a um, busy mind, busy person. I like to stay <laughs> active and um, I do really enjoy you know, trying to find creative ways that both serve the organization and serve the community and, of course, serve our customers. Um but yeah, we are encouraged to, to step up and leverage the really fantastic resources that we have. Um, a really good girlfriend of mine, Shannon, um, and I were having coffee the other day. Uh, actually, not the other day, early on when I had first started at Google. Mm. And she said, look, we all are given these unique moments in our lives where we have a serendipitous period where you have resources at your fingertips or you have... Um, you know, the stars align and there's just an opportunity to be really bold in your career. And, and she really pushed and encouraged me to make sure that I leaned into, you know, the opportunity that was in front of me because not everyone has it. And when you have it, you have to step into it. Platform. Like you have a platform. Absolutely. We all have a platform, we actually. Do. We're we all do. so lucky in our own lives. Yeah. Like if you look, if you look 
creatively enough and, and introspectively enough, you'll, you're like, we all have stuff we can give, right? Look, I, I really believe that leadership means being a servant leader mm-hmm. and we are here to serve. You know, I, I ask my team that often, like, how can I serve you today? <laughs> um, you know, how can I help? That's good leadership right there. <laughs> I always say I work for my people. Same. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. My daughters are like six and eight. They're like, they're starting to kind of get, kind of understand what I do and, like daddy you're the boss oh my god you just like tell people what to do all day like you're like boss like you don't even have a boss i'm like i have more bosses it's actually the other way around. i work for more people than <laughs> yeah. you know most people a hundred percent well look we we have a lot of layers of this organization that we're building up so quickly there's just an epic amount of momentum and mm-hmm. i think the more we can just be visible have conversations build trust with our customers that we're in it for the long haul. We really, really want to solve problems with them. I think the more market share we're going to get, I'm very excited. Um, you know, things here in the next year or two are going to be bananas. Um, mm-hmm. But what better place to do it? I think nobody's going to have this level of investment that you're you're getting in Google Cloud. And I think, you know, our alignment with, with, with that, like we made this choice to go all in with Google even before TK was announced and Rob, like it's, it's just like exceeded our expectations. But one thing you're doing here, and we're we're based in LA, that's why we're talking right here. It's, yep. it's great. But you know, we run a national business in US and Canada, and only US and Canada. We're not going to do the international thing at this point in time. I don't think it's uh, at all necessary um, to kind of achieve our objectives. But uh, what's exciting is is seeing that evolve and understanding that in the enterprise right now, that hyper local market approach is the only way to truly grow and. Even when we're seeing it, yeah, like we're seeing like, oh my God, we have to move towards not only like regional sales targets, but regional P&Ls oh, yeah. with market leaders like New England and, and New York are not the same, you no. know, like, <laughs> and, and like NorCal and SoCal are not the same. No. And actually even LA and San Diego are not the same, right? Like Very you true. have to get super local. Yeah. And I think that's when the customer starts to understand your long-term investment. Mm-hmm. Because like for the last 13 years, I think we've been pretty good about the last two or three. But prior to that, like you're flying in and you're like pitching and you're doing some stuff and you're flying out and you're flying in, you're delivering like, but enterprise customers are like, are you going to just turn around and fly out? Or like, do you live here? Do you work here? Are you going to live and die by our joint success? That's what they want to see in the enterprise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean we have to partner like strategic partnership is one of the most watered down phrases you know i I think i've heard it's like put up or shut up you've heard me say this Mm -hmm. a few times like Mm -hmm. for me we really have to lean in um i think in order to solve the problem you have to really be able to roll up your sleeves and like live it um Mm -hmm. one of the things that we talk about a lot here at google and you heard thomas talk about this i think when he first started was just to observe Mm -hmm. i mean even just as an outsider coming in and working at google cloud in general, the last four months have been a vertical learning curve for me every mm. day. But to just come in and really take a little bit of time to to watch and understand, not just pinpoint where things are, but why, um, you know, and, and the culture behind it and the people behind it and how it evolved really, um, you know, provided me with a level of perspective that I, I never would have imagined, you know, on my first day of the job. Mm. Um, but, but I think, you know, sitting back and looking at it, you're right. Like the loc- the locality of it is, is critical. I, I think it's just being consistent. Right. And mm-hmm. so 
with all these additional folks that are coming on board that bring amazing experiences coupled with the incredible people who have been here, mm-hmm. you know, from day one Laying building cloud out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are quite poised to, to do some really remarkable things. Um, and, and Google is great about making the investments um, locally for sure. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. LA has its own vibe. You know, the mm-hmm. business here is, is just different. Gaming and media and entertainment thrive here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we actually have a ton of retail and FinServe. So um, I, I look at this as, as really a hub. Yeah. So no, I think customers want to know that you're there for the long term. You're invested. Like you're not going to, unless they're successful, you're not going to hit your goals and targets. And I think that level of alignment is really important. Because then they see it as a partnership. Like one hundred, you're in the same. You're in the trenches together. Um, can we talk about why? A couple of things. Why uh, initially? Like, what made you want to come to Google? Because you were like hyper successful when you were in Oracle, and um, maybe a little bit about how's ex- uh, you still have your nuclear head over there. It's really nice. I do. Yeah, <laughs> but They're everywhere. H- how has that? <laughs> There's so many of them. There's one over there. Yeah. How has like the expectations? Versus the reality it's set in now four or five months, like honeymoon's over, right? This is real. Tell me about um, your interpretation of kind of all of that. So I was really excited to come on board. You know, I spent seven years in my in my last gig. And um, when I started at Oracle, I we were just building a particular, they were building a particular market. And, um, you know, I was a rep and mm-hmm. I worked in enterprise and high tech manufacturing and you know, working in an enterprise like that, you really do, you see the good and the bad. You really understand process and process inefficiencies and efficiencies and what drives people's ability to be successful, you know, across the board. Also what it means to work in a big organization and what it takes to have that function in a fluid manner. Um, I think, you know, having had the opportunity to come here and realize that we're in such a build mode, right? It's very funny to say that you feel like you're in a startup in Google, but it's just totally. couldn't be more true. Yeah. Um, you know, our ability to pivot when we see a shift in the market, I think, is incredible. Uh, it's definitely a strength that I think we have against our competitors. You know, in the four months, I have just been absolutely overwhelmed of the caliber of people that we have within the organization. It's just mind-blowing i mean it's amazing I, I, yeah everywhere i turn i'm like wait what do you do oh amazing like there's especially just now really... it's, it's always been really impressive but like the caliber of talent coming now it's better than ever i mean like I, I, oh, I, as, well, as you would expect i think I, there's just incredible people who have mm-hmm. done amazing things in their previous lives with work that mm-hmm. are coming over here because this is so unique um, but yeah, so four, four and a half months in insane momentum, I, I, you know, they talk about, um, you know, working in an ambiguous environment and in pace of change is, is one of those things that we certainly hire for. But when you get here, you realize that that really is something that's really magnified. Um, people that we work with really think 10 X. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think really understanding what that means, um, and leaning into, really thinking big and and when you think you're thinking big think bigger <laughs> and then maybe bigger again um and, and the same thing we have to challenge our customers to do by the yeah, way absolutely yeah. absolutely uh you know i think our customers with the last five to ten years of different types of technology booms and disruption that we have get it i think that you know the larger companies are the ones that are just, you know, sometimes maybe they're overthinking jumping into a transformative change. Sometimes there's reasons that 
They've had to do it a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to have the ability to help them do that at the pace that makes sense for them versus having to do it kind of all in. I mean, obviously with our Anthos product, that's really going to change the game, but mm-hmm. the enterprise, you know, they're, they're the slowest to move because they have more, yeah. you know, more systems more and technical legacy. Bets. Yeah. Inertia. I think you've, de- you've de- dealt with both like the sort of tech native, um, community and the enterprise community. And I think what we're seeing and, and ver- certain verticals are actually probably more, more need to transform than others. But generally speaking, it's almost that level of self-awareness that unless they are willing to transform and take risks, there's there's like a hundred startups trying to, you know, take what they've got. So many. Yeah, absolutely. And they have to, it's existential for them. Um, And, and, you know, we're trying to do things like you guys are to try to get them to move faster by maybe absorbing more risk. Like, Hey, we'll take the risk. Like our flat fee, like flat rate like for for like 50k we'll move 100 vms and we'll just let you like try it bananas by the way but thank you for putting those packages it's bananas right us. like yes. what let's do it like yeah whatever we can do to um make sure the cio or whoever head of engineering doesn't feel like they might get fired if this fails whatever we can do to alleviate that uh, perception of risk i think uh i think we must do jointly yeah. it's hard because they're operating from an environment that is traditionally risk averse. I mean, look, these things are, are not small decisions. And mm-hmm. I think every customer has a nuanced set of, of issues that's driving their why. Um, it, kind of, it goes back to what we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. The more we're present, you know, the better we understand both the vertical and the industry challenges and the nuances to the existing customer, the more successful we can help them be. It's hard. Yeah. Like these, some of these things are, are hard moving from on-prem to cloud you know, with major workloads that drive massive amounts of revenue for an organization is tough. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've also seen history say that, you know, massive organizations that we all probably would have assumed that are on Forbes yeah. list 20 years ago would have made it, you know, for another 100 years and they don't exist. Um, yeah. You know, so if we don't constantly innovate and we don't constantly at least reevaluate whether or not our approach and our processes are serving us, and our customers and what they want, then, you know, I do think that it's difficult to stay competitive. It's so interesting that, you know, we have to, we have to balance that whole challenger seller, challenger (laughs) sales mentality with like, they're a really big customer and like customers always right. But like, they actually don't know how to evaluate cloud a lot of the time. They don't know how to buy. They don't know how to, um, gain validation and we're always trying to balance it out and i think because g suite's been around longer and we've been doing g suite longer yeah like and it's more straightforward from a decision standpoint that has become a very prescriptive evaluation process in which we can literally tell customers like it's a qualification set it's a set of qualification steps actually if you're not willing to do this four-month thing with us like it probably means you're not ready right and i mean We've been doing that, you know, since 2007 or in probably 2009 in the commercial world. That's a long time to have perfected that process. For cloud, it's harder, but we're always looking for ways to be prescriptive. Yeah. To be, uh, to lead our customers towards a path that's actually really good for them to at least get them to a decision, a meaningful decision or a meaningful first step. And I think that's what we, you know, in a, in, a, in a head of a partner or a partner leadership team for myself and Miles and Dana and Joe, we're all thinking like, 
and they're reading like, how can we package these things in a way that is, um, we can be prescriptive. Yeah. I mean, I think that what, what our, our customers are looking for, look, a lot of people are getting to know cloud and in where there might be a lack of familiarity, our, our customers know their businesses, right? Like I always try to talk to my team, like the customer, our customers are an expert at what they do. And so when you come in and you try to talk to them about change, we certainly have to be very respectful in how we approach that because Mm -hmm. obviously they know what they do better than we do. I think the, the benefit that our organizations bring collectively is the experience around transformation. Um, you know, sometimes it makes sense to be able to provide someone a paint by numbers approach because they're not in the business of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about um, a gaming customer that I recently have had, you know, a lot of conversations mm-hmm. with. And, and one of the things that they said is it's not that we can't mm-hmm. manage our infrastructure. It's not that we can't manage our data pipeline. It's that we don't want to be in the business of doing that. We right. want to be in the business of making games. Right. And so I think a lot of the time. It's just getting people comfortable with the fact that we can manage some of the part of the business that they might not need to, right? And, and so that, I think that's a big part of what cloud provides folks is just, you know, the ability to go back and be nimble and focus on solving the business problems while we work on managing, you know, the, the computer part. Yeah, and that's the opportunity. And, and I think we are seeing there's just too much uh, evidence to support um the need to do those kind of things. Like you got to get out of the business of things that are not a distinct competitive advantage. Like you're not going to be better at running infrastructure than Google is. So like be better at the stuff that you're supposed to be good at. Um, And also I think for those who have made the journey into one or the other cloud platforms, I think there's more evidence than ever that a multi-cloud strategy is the right one. I mean, we're seeing it just from a legislative standpoint too. I mean, yeah. you know, Miles and I were talking about this in yeah. the FinServe patch. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. Um, to, to think that you would be all in in one cloud is risky, um, you know, in, yeah. in certain scenarios. I mean, look, I love our customers that go all in with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we provide a high level of diversity to protect the tech stack. I think that the mistake is, is that the, the, the race has been won. Yeah. And I, no, I, I think that it's just beginning. <laughs> Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is, is that a lot of our customers who, you know, perhaps had gone with the competitor before are coming to us, even if it's just to think as a secondary dual cloud strategy for the time being, um, you know, and I, I think that um, that's where the magic's going to start. I totally agree. Now, um, parting words, uh, I think for, for you and for all of us, especially in the enterprise, we're all trying to figure out... Um, how to what what's the be, what's the what's the ideal partner engagement model for you it's something that tk and rob are very clear about and kirsten every like very clear about like google needs a healthy vibrant partner ecosystem absolutely and can't scale without it can't scale can't win those other guys have it we have to have it too and so and i know that you know part of this is like you talk about contributing to the community these podcasts are available to everyone yes <laughs> a lot of people listen to this so this is part of us giving back to everyone in the community. We, we need, also need a vibrant, healthy partner ecosystem because yeah, all of us joined together can f- possibly fulfill all the demand in the world. So we're fine with, with competition's good. Um, what is your ideal partner? What, what do you expect of your partners in the enterprise in Southern California, L.A.? Well, I, I think it's a lot of what we just said our customers are expecting us to do, which is A, show up, mm-hmm. contribute, 
um, be willing to participate in the things that matter to us. Um, you know, I think what we love about the the partners that we're forging forward with right now is that there's just a, a genuine respect for both of the organizations and we're going in as a collective voice to mm-hmm. solve problems. And the thing that you guys do with, with our team that I really love is um, it isn't about pushing SADA. It's how can we come in and aid you in, in winning these customer conversations and getting them comfortable, building trust, helping them understand the technology, helping them understand the value. And then, you know, inherently, um, you know, you're irreplaceable at that point. Right. And so right, yeah. for, for us, I think it's really important that we just, you know, we're training. We have a lot of, um, you know, experts and in, in trained Google cloud, you know, engineers and, um, you know, other folks in, in the ecosystem, but conversations, right? Going out, educating, talking about, you know, market share, why Google Cloud, why we're different, um, you know, but again, it's just showing up, building trust. I think the recent re, re, reorg, the main one, I mean, there's been several, but the fact that now as a partner organization, we actually sit under Kirsten. Yeah. Never before, structurally, <laughs> have we you know, been set up to feel like an extension of you, right. an extension of your organization, which is kind of what we've always wanted. So smart. So it's like a dream come true. Like, yeah. we just want to feel like we work for Meg. Um, <laughs> and so, but the hardest thing to figure out in practice, because it's like rep by rep, customer by customer, solving from the customer experience on backwards is that I want the customer experience to be like one team. Absolutely. They're never saying the same thing twice. The customer wants They don't have to repeat themselves. We come in in a joint fashion. There's not like side conversations. And I think to the degree that we're able to solve that, I think we'll be able to win more engagements and, um, and customers will have the best experience. And if we can provide the best customer experience, I think we're in a, we're a really good spot. All right. 100%. We're committed to that. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's figure that out. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being my guest. Yeah, oh my gosh. And thank you for having us in this awesome building. Yeah. Well, thanks. thank you, Howard Hughes, for <laughs> building it originally. All right. Meg Tucker, Cloud and Clear, we're out. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.